0: Hello
1: and welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And we had a record month last month. So I'd really like to take some time today to thank all our listeners. And we do have listeners from all over the world. So good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you may be listening from. And if you're new to this show... Thank you so much for tuning in. And let me tell you a little bit what Leadership Beyond Borders is about. Leadership Beyond Borders is about the impact globalization, digital transition, and the connected world is having on our organizations. And what this impact is doing to the kind of leadership we need to drive long-term success in today's economy. In this series, we have talked about everything from business issues such as artificial intelligence and data protection regulations to leadership issues such as gender balance, generational management, and business values that may impact your organization or your individual career. So please download this series on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher and listen to us live Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time. When you listen to us, you can get great advice, leadership success stories that you can learn from, stories that can motivate you, stimulate new ideas, and possibly even be the key to your future success. I invite you to connect with me. Please send me an email at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com and tell me what you would like to hear about. Now, if you're in a leadership position or aspire to be in one, regardless if your business is international or local, make sure you join us each week and we will make sure that you take away something useful for either your business or yourself. Now, on to what we're going to talk about today, one of my favorite subjects today. Now, people have and continue to compare sports to business and management, telling us that we can learn a lot from how athletes train and focus and how sports can help managers and CEOs perform better. And yes, high performers across both fields, whether they are CEOs or Super Bowl champions, do tend to have some common professional characteristics, personality traits, habits, lifestyles. They often say the same things in different ways and approach challenges in the same way. But what we often do not see is the mental and the physical struggle that goes into obtaining such high performance. And this work goes on behind the scenes and is often a little bit more transparent in high-performing athletes because we see the athletes when they're tired or they're injured, when they're perform or underperform or or when they improve and when they win. But it's not as transparent when we see executives in the boardroom. And because of this, you can learn some brutally honest lessons about the journey of management and entrepreneurship from athletes. And one of them is persistence. Look at a couple of my favorite athletes. Peyton Manning won two Super Bowls and appeared in four, but it took him almost a decade to get there. And in Manning's rookie season, his team went three for 13. And he didn't let this slow him down or stop him from pushing forward. And my favorite athlete today, Simone Biles. She was born into a fatherless family, and her mother struggled with substance abuse, and after going into foster care, was adopted by her grandparents and started writing her own story. And today, her hard work and determination has made her a champion and a role model for millions of children today and the most decorated gymnast ever. Now, when it comes to athletes, many of these athletes also, after they finish their careers, become great entrepreneurs. And they learn some of the lessons that make them successful in entrepreneurship from athletics. Look at Brandon Merriweather, owner, takeout waiter, a national franchise that focuses on hot restaurant food delivered to your house quickly. Meriwether bought the franchise for the city who was raised and in grew up in. Now, these are examples of persistence, and today we're going to talk to a decorated professional athlete that believes that the lessons that you learn from sports can help everyone from children in the schools to professionals who want to climb the business ladder to success. Sean Harper is a former NFL player who was drafted by Los Angeles Rams and throughout his career played for the Rams, Houston Oilers, Indianapolis Colts, and three years in NFL Europe. Sean Harper knows what it feels like to encounter failures, roadblocks, and disappointments. Growing up in the south side of Columbus, Ohio, Sean had to overcome failure, adversary, and learning disabilities. But he discovered the secrets to unlocking the winning edge and now speaks all over the world, training others, How to Win in Business and in Life. He is the author of The Winning Edge, which is available on Amazon. He is also an investor, CEO, and founder of American Services and Protection in Columbus, Ohio, and Bridge Builders International. He serves on the board of King's Ransom Foundation. He has helped transfer thousands of corporate environments, built leadership-trained teams, and impacted youth development in schools and programs. Sean, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. Welcome to the show.
2: Wow, what a lead in. You know what? (laughs) That was amazing how you just perfectly paired both um, the actual corporate world and um, the athletic world. And you are 100% correct. They are the same.
1: Yeah. So tell, tell us a little bit about your story first. Okay, let's just hear a little bit about you and how you got to where you are.
2: Well, you know what? Uh, uh, I was probably considered the least likely to be successful or to win at life. I used the word win instead of success, and hopefully we can get into that later. But um one of my earliest memories of, of adversity outside of the abuse of my father before he divorced my mom um, is that I'm standing in a second grade line and uh, the teacher comes up and she pulls me back into the first grade line. And my friends, whom I had in the second grade, turned within an instant and they begin to yell, Sean, you failed, Sean, you're stupid, Sean, you're dumb. By the time I was in the fifth grade, I was documented with four to five learning disabilities. Um, I stuttered my entire life I could not complete a sentence till college and and the friends or people would ask me to read out loud so that I would stutter and it, you know it's 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 really disheartening when you realize that they're not laughing with you they're laughing at you um, I was kicked out of uh, Two schools because of disciplinary issues. And I left high school with a 1.62 accumulative GPA, not on my ACT. That's at the bottom of the barrel. In fact, I was voted most likely to fail. Um, And I barely started in high school football. I wasn't even honorable mention on conference. And so every aspect of my life, I was met with failure until I began to make an absolute amazing paradigm shift in my life after going off to junior college, making some choices, making some decisions, changing my focus. And from there, I was able to go to a major university, uh, get drafted in the NFL, shake off the cloak of poverty um, after playing football, owning companies, businesses, and lectures. And that's what I do now. I just teach people how to win.
1: So when did you... Uh, make this change. I mean, that's an incredible story. And um, the two things that come to my mind when I hear it is, is the impact we adults have on children, okay, um, is is one thing, you know, when you pull them from one line and put them into another. Um, and, you know, that that's incredible. So with that kind of impact as a child, when did you, when did you make that change? How did you realize it?
2: You know what, One of my sayings is that if you change your focus, you'll change your life. And one of my defining moments is that I was in a dorm room after not even playing the first year in junior college, not one play. And I picked up the phone and I called my mom. I said, Mom, I quit. Mom, I give up. And she pushed me right back into the same mess. And that's a message for people because they always try. They always try to escape their mess, And sometimes there's a message in the mess, and sometimes there's a masterpiece in the mess. And um, I was watching football my second year at junior college, and um, I jumped up. It's called a Freudian slip. I jumped up, I said, man, I've always wanted to play Division I in NFL football. In fact, I'm gonna do it. And the guys turned down the TV, and one by one they looked and they said, Sean, you'll never make it. You're stupid, you're dumb, you're not even playing now. And I walked out to the practice field and I yelled, No one's around, looked at the pretty night sky, stars everywhere, and I yelled, all I have is a dream. No one believes in me. And I went back to the dorm room and I wrote down the letters, NFL, and I changed my focus. And if you can change your focus from the failure and the adversity to where you want to go, the failure becomes your food and it will drive you to winning.
1: Wow. And, and when you th- – th- I mean, this is an amazing story. And when you change that focus, I, 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 know, I, I know you talk a lot about um, – with adults about, uh, you know, figuring out who you are. Is that part of changing the focus is, is kind of focusing inward and figuring out, you know, not just where you want to go but who you are?
2: Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's um, inward inward to – to outward. Um, all actions stem from thoughts. All thoughts come from one's belief system. And that's where most people stop. But there's one level deeper. Your belief systems come from what's called your self concept. Who are you? Victor or victim? Who are you? And um, a guy wrote a book in the 50s, 60s, He's a guy named Maxwell Maltz. He wrote a book called Cy- Psycho Cybernetics. Um, and he talks about what's called your self concept. Who are you? Because you will always manifest who you are and you will always manifest what you believe. And so you have to go back to the crux of who you are. And for me, what I was able to do is that I was able to go back, not really knowing what I was doing, because I didn't know all this until later, to be honest, but I was going back and I changed the concept of who Aaron Sean Harper is to that of a winner, not a victim, not a failure, not a loser, not a loser. Not a guy who failed, not someone who's disabled, but someone who's uniquely enabled. But I changed it to, "You are a winner," and once I did that, I begin to shifts begin to happen in my life to manifest what I am.
1: Mm-hmm. And it, it, this is just so amazing. Uh, just when you when you change that concept. Um, you know, you come as a child. We have so many environmental influences, and you had quite a few negative environmental influences. And then you you changed your yourself. Do you think that um, your anyone is really able to do that, um, or do you have to have certain personality traits? Do you think that you anyone you just go to a child in you know any place that they are also able to. To make that change?
2: Well, I'll be really honest with you. The older you are, the harder it is. Mm-hmm. Um, um, your actual, um, first of all, you are, everyone is born with a particular temperament. It's not a personality, it's a temperament. Um, and by the age of five or six, a lot of psychologists say, or psychiatrists say that, you know what, you're set. Um, it's actually a work in progress. And so, yes, it can be changed one of the things that i would suggest and i am suggesting um i'm sorry i used to, to you know, is is to always have maybe one or two people in your life that not only believe in you but believe in the vision that you have and are always pushing and encouraging um and antagonizing you to greatness
1: okay and and that kind of comes to surrounding yourself with yeah. with with positive people okay yeah. um, because negativism it just pulls you down again. Uh-huh.
2: Yes. No. Yes. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, when you talk a lot about uh, the, the 212 effect. What, what do you mean by that? So <laughs>
2: <laughs> water, water at 211 degrees is water. At 212 degrees, water begins to boil. And as we know, boiling water has changed the world. It's just one degree. And, and the question is, is that are you willing to do that one degree extra? I'm not asking for a lot from you. I'm just asking that you will set out to do one small thing extra each day. You take 365 days. Heck, I'll give you five days off for vacation. So you take 360 days. And if you're focusing on just getting a micro or just an inch better each day, that what is your 212? Are you pushing yourself past you? Uh, in order to to actually achieve greatness, if you do this every day, over the year, those inches add up to a lot, It's meters. So, so that's that's the actual um, concept behind the 212. And what's so interesting is that everyone remembers who was first. No one remembers who was second. And the irony of it is, is that when you watch racing, when there's horse racing or whether running track or even golf, people are winning and losing in centimeters. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, really good point. And um, this, this brings me to what I'd like to talk about next. But we're going to take a, a short break because I want to talk about how you – how you change that one degree and you know um, do you do it steps on the way and I'd like to approach that when we come back from our break so for our listeners we are talking to Sean Hopper and he is an NFL former NFL player who was drafted by the Los Angeles Rams and throughout his career he played for the Rams Houston Oilers Indianapolis Colts and three years in NFL Europe and he is the author of The Winning Edge which you can get on Amazon. Now please go to his website, Seanhopper.org, and he's also under on Facebook and on Twitter and on you on uh, YouTube under Themify, T H E M I F Y. So please visit him. He's a speaker, he speaks at conferences, he speaks to schools, reach out to him. He'd love to hear from you. And I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host, and you can reach me at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com or join our LinkedIn group, Leadership Beyond Borders, or go to my website, leadershipbeyondborders.net. And with that, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back.
3: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author, working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN, CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs
2: and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep
3: up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with Sunjoke All at CIOtalknetwork.com. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy business tips and tactics spirituality positive thought current events and even more about your favorite hosts it's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com that's blog.voiceamerica.com the voice america press blog all access all the time
2: when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network
0: You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome
1: back to Leadership Beyond Borders on Voice America's business channel and I'm Kimberly Lewis your host and today I have the honor of speaking with Sean Harper. He is a former NFL player who was drafted by the Los Angeles Rams and throughout his career he played for the Rams, Houston Oilers, Indianapolis Colts and three years in NFL Europe. He knows what it's like to encounter failures and roadblocks. And we just heard some fantastic uh, stories and and really inspiring things from you, Sean. Um, and for our listeners, he's also the author of The Winning Edge, available on Amazon. So please uh, go to Amazon and get his book. It's very inspiring. So Sean, before the break, we kind of just talked about this journey and, um, you talked about the, the 212 effect and the, the, you know, changing that one degree can kind of change your life is what I'm understanding that you're, you're saying from this. So uh, that sounds like a little step, but a big step. Um, can we talk about how you change things? Because you don't change things overnight. Okay. Um, do you have to take little steps? What did you do?
2: Well, as I mentioned earlier, uh, which is probably the most important step or change, is that I saw myself as a winner. And mm-hmm. so I'm looking around like, you know what, I'm not winning. I have to manifest a win. And there's always a way to win. There's always a way to achieve past, you know, your current level. Okay, there's always, always, always a way to win. And the second thing I had to do And I'm still doing is that I shifted my focus. Change your focus. You change your life. Now, when it comes to the 212 effect, you you actually engage your biggest adversary. And that's you. When I talk about winning, the first battle you have to win is within yourself, because everyone and I don't care who you are, everyone natural state is they want to be comfortable People love to be comfortable. And that's very dangerous, because if you're not careful, your comfort zone will become your casket. You have to always be willing to mentally uh, push yourself past your emotions, past your habits, past the norm. uh, And to be really honest, you have to come you have to become a bit uncivilized. Um, I know this is kind of a radical uh, uh, term but you know our society teaches people to be civil to be normal that's very dangerous and you actually learn that when you're a kid because they criticize you when you do things that is abnormal and yet when you're an adult they praise you for being abnormal they praise a professional athlete because he or she's the fastest they praise an amazing ceo because he's Blown out the numbers. You have to be willing to say, I'm seeing what everyone else is doing. I'm willing to take it one step further, or I'm willing to walk another route to gain the competitive edge. So, an example of that is uh, going into my second year at the junior college. It was April that year. I'm out of school. I remember the date. It was April 7th. School was over. A month later, I packed up my bags and I went back to junior college because I said to myself (laughs) is that if there's, if there is 500 linemen who are trying to get a scholarship right now, they're all at home eating spaghetti on their mom and dad's couch. I'm going back to junior college and I'm going to practice twice a day. I'm going to train twice a day. I'm going to implement the law of the 212 because when the season starts, I'm going to be two or three months ahead of them and I'm going to win. Wow. That's, that's one of the things, just one of the many, many strategies is willing to go beyond and do what others won't.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that, and I, I like that. I liked what you said about the. Uh, if you don't step out of your comfort zone, it's your casket. That was fantastic. I'm going to have to use your quote. To use that sometime because that is. I can visualize that so well. And um, when I'm reading your books, this is what you talk a little bit about in in some of your speeches and your books about progress over perfection. Okay? Um and that is. That's more or less taking the one step in time. And is that what you mean when you talk about progress over perfection?
2: Yes. Yes. It's, 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 are you moving? Did you win today? Okay. It's very important that you win the day from the time you wake up to the time you go to sleep. Are you winning the day or is the day winning and beating you? Okay. take your goals, take what do you want to do today? Or sometimes what I do is that I set aside my goals and I take my intentions. I want to grow today. Okay. today I want to challenge myself to go to the next level. I want to educate myself. And at the end of the day, I give an evaluation. Sean, did you grow today? Because believe it or not, we're not static, which means that we are not in one space, in one place. We're always either getting better or worse. Each and every day. And so you have to win the day, win the moments, and you take the progress and the step-by-step, not trying to be the absolute and look for perfection. You grow towards that and you move towards that.
1: And, and let, let's take this into a business concept, okay? Because I, I can see this, you know, I can relate to sports also. I did sports um, through oh. through university and um and I can very much relate to this. And let's bring it back to the business world for a minute, okay? How, what, can, what can managers and CEOs or just people trying to climb, let's do executives and managers, how, how can they, what can they learn from this?
2: You know what? Uh, uh, let's just uh, uh, segue off of that last example about not being static, Um, one of the ways that you can learn from that is that your failure is not final. Your success is not final. Is that you have to always be looking, assessing, addressing, and obtaining the edge. It's not always about achieving your goals. I'm not contradicting myself, but Mm -hmm. it's like what is what is what is going to give you what is going to allow you to maintain the edge in your industry? OK, for, if you have to look and evaluate your competition well, then you do it, everything that you do. You have to say, OK, is this going to give me the actual competitive edge against A, my competition and B, against paradigms? Mm-hmm. You will prosper in paradigms. Let me give you an example of that. A lot of wealth is created when you have a paradigm shift and a lot of companies go out of business when you have a paradigm shift. So in 1991, the internet was available for use for the very first time. In that moment, companies, there were future billion, billion dollar companies. In that moment, billion dollar companies were bankrupt. They didn't know it yet. And so as the time progressed and you see the rise of, entities such as Microsoft, and you see the rise of entities such as Amazon. At the same time, there are other entities that are suffering and are slowly decaying and dying. So whenever there's a paradigm, that is an alert. And I say, you know what? How do I prosper in that moment? How do I get the edge? And so I'm always looking for the edge with my competition and the edge in paradigms. And that's how you take what you've learned from the football field onto the business world, looking for the edge yeah.
1: and and that's a perfect example because the first thing that came to my mind was um the newspaper industry um, oh. as the the internet came and the content and saying let's not worry about this and and not using that edge at that time, and that brings me to one thing. Sean, that I'd like your opinion on that makes me crazy sometimes when I talk to to business people because okay. when you look at when you, when you look at athletes, okay, um, you you know if you're playing a football game and I'm a great soccer fan and you know I, I love to watch soccer games at night, you could, you guys play in some weather that I've never seen. You have external forces and you still have to get through that. And I hear business people blaming external forces quite a bit you know oh uh, the internet came so the newspapers died okay Um, or this happened because of this happened how do you how do you get the mindset to change that that it's 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 how you position yourself it's internal and you're always going to have some kind of external forces but you have to live with them What would be your message to business people about external forces?
2: Okay. Okay. So in order to really answer this question, I'm going to need a quick minute. Okay. But I think that this can help a lot of people. We are, we are created not to be successful. We are created to win. Okay. So to prove that. Uh, You had mentioned that soccer or football is huge in the UK, which it is, Uh, you know, know, it's it's huge. But if you take your favorite team and they've lost every single game for the next five years, not a lot of people are going to show up. But but check it out. If they win every game for five years, everyone's going to show up. Why? Because winning is in your DNA. The fact that whoever is listening to me right now, the fact that you can hear me means that you are one of two million three million cells that made it to fertilize the egg. Okay? So so your so your whole mindset, your the structure of who you are is that you are a winner. So when you tap into the win, it's deeper than tapping into your why. When you tap into your win, then no matter what situation or circumstances you're in, and if you're not winning, instinctively you will find a way to win and that you will not blame your external circumstances. So if you're watching a football game or a soccer game and the team is down 10 to 1 and it's like five minutes left, the players don't say, oh, it's time to go. We're not. No, you, they keep playing. The coach calls a timeout, the strategy. Why? Because the because because he, he or she has tapped into the DNA of winning. And so it doesn't matter what happens on the outside. I'm always, as a winner, you're always looking for the competitive edge. And when you tap into your win versus success, which is different, then that's where your motivation to compete and to thrive, not just survive, comes from.
1: It makes makes perfect sense. And, and with that we use the example of you know there's there's 10 minutes left and on a soccer field you might be you know two up uh, how do you deal with the pressure when you when you're focusing on winning is there anything that you know there's a lot of pressure there because we want to win and we put pressure on ourselves and then as you said you have pressure from fans is there any advice you have on dealing with pressure
2: yes 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 pressure is just an opportunity to focus if you if if you are succumbing to a lot of pressure and oppression, sometimes, and I have to you know really preference that sometimes it, it is that you are focusing on the wrong thing. You're focusing on yourself. You're focusing on your situation instead of focusing on how to win and how to get a strategic advantage. And so you have to reverse the polarities because that same energy that's forcing against you. If you can reverse the polarities, that same energy can flow outward and that pressure can flow outward and that you can use that energy um, to 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 inflict. I don't want to say damage, but you can propel who you are or your situation or your will upon someone else instead of them applying the pressure on you.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. That, that makes sense. A lot of sense. Um, have you ever had your own experience with just times that you've just felt, wow, this is just a lot of pressure, you know, and, and, and is that what you did? Did you focus?
2: Yeah. 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 So, so, I didn't mention this when I first started, but I am not a PC type of a speaker. <laughs> so okay. It's like, I'm real. Yeah. I speak my <laughs> heart. Yeah. I, I honestly, I deal with that um, at times. And sometimes I'll just sit in the room uh, on the couch and I just, I'm just feeling, you know, I'm, I'm just feeling really overwhelmed. Um, but, but, I begin to do exactly what I say um, or exactly what I'm saying. Sometimes um, i begin to help other people. I'll just pick up the phone and I begin to mentor other people or I'll go to social media and I'll just find a thousand people or 500 people random over a day and a half. And like, Hey, I appreciate you. Hey, I appreciate, I begin to change the energy and flow outward. Um, and that has really helped me out because my my particular temperament is that I'm what they call a D I. So I'm like a heavy D on the disk So Cause I'm always driving. And if I haven't taken over the world by the end of the day, <laughs> sometimes I'm feeling kind of upset. Like, you know what, what did you do? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that. and I got to start pouring into other people, investing in other people. Cause one thing I've learned is this, is that, you know, I break all the, uh, I break all the rules, but I never break laws. And one of my personal laws is that it doesn't come to you if it can't get through you. And so if I need encouragement, I give encouragement. If I need help, I give help. And um, sooner or later, I will dig myself out of it, and I I just keep on running.
1: Yep. That's great. And and Sean, that's a great, uh, with that, with those words, we're going to take another short break. And um, when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about teams, okay? Um, because we're trying to talk about ourselves, but how that works in a team environment when you're running a company or being on a sports team. And for our listeners, we are talking to Sean Harper and he's a former NFL uh, player who was drafted by the Los Angeles Rams and throughout his career played with the Houston Oilers, Indianapolis Colts, and in the NFL Europe League. And he is also the author of The Winning Edge, which is available on Amazon. And you can reach out to him on his website under seanhopper.org and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube under Demify. T-H-E-M-I-F-Y, on all three, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. And please reach out to him. Inspiring discussion we're having today. And um, so happy that you're with us on the show today, Sean. And I am Kimberly Lewis, uh, CEO of Leadership and Business Expert. You can contact me on borders at gmail.com or join our LinkedIn group at Leadership Beyond Borders or go to my website, leadershipbeyondborders.net. And with that, we're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back.
2: From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. 80%
3: of judgment enforcement in the U.S. ends in failure. How can client judgments be collected in spite of that number? Listen for the Judgment Enforcement Hour with best-selling author and financial forensic research professional Joe Dickerson. Victims of fraud, Ponzi schemes, contract disputes, estate settlements, and more will hear about his approaches to getting the recoveries they need. And Joe's guests will educate you on how to outsmart the debtors. Listen live Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Business. If you are interested in the business of rental equipment, be sure to check out Rental Equip Talk Radio with host Donald Charbonnet. We talk to some of the top names in the rental industry, as well as cover topics that include safety, training, fleet management, legal issues, and more. We'll also cover the history and future of the rental equipment industry. Rental Equip Talk Radio can be heard live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time, on the Voice
0: America Business Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy.
2: the bottom line in business.
0: You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program.
1: Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders on Voice America's Business Station and I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And today we have the honor of talking with Sean Harper. He's a former NFL player who was drafted by the Los Angeles Rams. And throughout his career, he played with the Houston Oilers, Indianapolis Colts, and three years in the NFL. And Sean has been talking about his his road to success and um it's been extremely inspiring and you also have put this in your book on the winning edge which is available on amazon sean and i'd like to i'd like to move a little bit from the kind of the me to the us okay um because in business as we're managers uh or ceos um we're kind of where we can contribute a lot ourselves individually, but we also have to ensure that we move with the team. And of course, in sports, it's about the team. So how do you combine that, those individual goals, those wanting to win and and create that in a team atmosphere?
2: So, yeah, So so going back to the win, okay, it's so easy it's so easy to talk about team when you talk about winning versus team when you talk about success. And so one of the things that I've learned how to do is to take the goal, the big goal, and I put it up front. I'm like, Hey, how do I build a team to achieve that goal? Um, Unfortunately, our society, we don't talk about teams and as much as, as much as we should, but when you look at some of the most major winners in music or entertainment or sports or business, they all had a team. So stateside in the U.S., let's, let's talk about uh, Bill Gates. Everyone knows who Bill Gates, right? I mean, Bill Gates, yeah, you know, he's one of the richest men in the world. But very few people talked about his partner, which is Paul Allen, who recently passed who is also one of the richest men in the world. Let's talk about music. You know, let's say, like, let's see, who do, who do people like uh, that everyone knows? Okay, Mick Jagger. We all know who Mick Jagger is. All, Mick Jagger is world-renowned, but no one really talks about Keith Richards. Yeah. And, and, and so we know who, who Warren, Warren Buffett is, but who's his partner, Charlie? For 30, 40 years, he's right by his side. You have to have teams You have to because no one has all the pieces to the puzzle. The secret is knowing who you are and who you're not and having the humility and the foresight to build a winning team to get to your goal, purpose or destiny.
1: Mm hmm. And, and how do you have any advice on how you build a winning tra- team? Um, now, I've seen a lot of things in, in business. Uh, one of the issues of business people is there's not enough diversity and people try to bring people in just like them. And then it's not a balanced team um, in sports. Of course, if everybody had the same exact same um, ability, you know, or strength, I want to say, then you might not get where you're wanting to go. What would your tips be on building a team?
2: So one of the, one of the secrets that I use is that I identify people through their temperaments. You have mm-hmm. four temperaments, okay? And so I know that me being a DI, I know on the disc or, you know, I know I need someone that has the temperament that is very diligent. I'm not very diligent. My mind goes a thousand miles an hour, okay? And so I need someone that could sit there and take a teaspoon and dig into China and not get bored doing it. I need that person. I also need someone who's who is um who has the ability to challenge me. I also need someone who has the ability to see my blind side. And so I purposely go out and I recruit people according to their temperaments. And then I have to see if they are motivated, an internal source of motivation, that I don't have to be their motivational speaker eight hours a day. And once I find someone who's motivated and have the right temperament, I'm 90 percent there. Mm
1: -hmm and and when you have this so so you've so basically you're building building a balanced team so mm-hmm. that that you're making sure they're not all like you which is really what we which is very good advice um because we've seen so too many times people get lazy and say they get actually nervous if you're not you know if you, they don't see themselves in the mirror they don't know what to expect and they want something more predictable. So and balanced team is not predictable. So how do you deal with the communication in a in this kind of team? Because everybody's different and you have to bring them together. How do you take it from the single motivations if they're all motivated to a to a collaborative motivation?
2: One word. One word and that is communication.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Every temperament or I would say personality for people who don't understand that, but every temperament has a way that he or she receives information the way he or she she gives information and to, to, to be able to properly stimulate, to be able to properly articulate to your team, you have to know his or her speech pattern. You have to know his or her words and the tone of words, the speed of words to bring out the information that needs to be done. Sometimes, I can come across and I do come across very demanding Well, there's a certain temperament out there that if you come across like that, they may nod their head, but internally they have already shut down and have submitted their resignation about three months from now, you'll get it. You're not going to get it today. They've already left and there's laughing, smiling and guess what? They're gone. So you have to be able to recognize that. Another thing that I do and you know, I don't want to get too technical, is that I have become and I am becoming an expert in reading body language because over 90% of of body language is nonverbal. And so when I'm giving directives, when I'm talking, if I'm not seeing the head nod, if I'm not seeing people lean forward, then I don't have the most important word as a leader, buy-in. If you don't have the buy-in, then you don't have the heart. If you don't have the heart, you won't have the effort. And if you don't have the effort, you won't have the follow-through. And so you have to be able, and which is, which is what you've learned in sports. Because the head coach's job is to make sure that everyone is not only on the same page, but they're motivated and they're ready to walk through a wall if need be to win.
1: Mm-hmm. And and in that, I'm, I was just nodding my head as I heard you say that because it just resonated so well with me. Um, um, because you can learn that from Body language and sports and and how the team is moving forward. And one, I'd like to bring up one word that for me is 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 very important um, in sports and in business, and it, it's more associated with business: integrity. Okay. Um, can you talk to me a little bit about how how important integrity is?
2: Yeah. So. Let me kind of circle in to that, if it's okay. Um sure. You know, uh, uh, we've we've talked a lot about teams, but what is just as important is a word called culture. And in any workplace, in any organization, or any sports team, there's a particular culture. And the culture's like the soil, right? And you can have the great. The best seeds in the world, you know, uh, organic seeds ready to grow some great apples. But if your soil is bad, if the pH is off, if there's too much iron in the soil, it's not going to grow. And if it is, and then, you know, if it does grow, it won't reach its full potential. And so the culture um, has to be. Um, Managed and maintained that invisible force that ties everything together. One of the key ingredients of culture is trust. You have to have trust in your organization. And in order to have trust... You must walk in integrity. You must walk in consistency because they, before they buy into the vision, they have to buy into you. And if they cannot trust you, you contaminate the culture. And if you contaminate the culture, the seeds will not be productive, and
1: you will not. Have to it. Fantastic analogy, really fantastic. Um, we're starting to get towards the end of the show, and I and I want to ask. You some kind of conclusive questions as an athlete, okay? As a peak performance, when you're talking to business people, CEOs, okay, and management people, what what are the top three things that 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 business people can really take away and implement in their in their careers and and um, in their business practices? What can we? What are the top three things we can really learn from athletics?
2: So, if I hear you correctly, what you're saying is is that are you talking about an actual individual or an actual leader to his or her organization?
1: Either one, okay. Um, a leader to their organization. What? What could, What can? What can you learn? Well, number
2: one is that. Is that, is that you have to have congruency. You have to be congruent. Everyone has to be in agreement and on the same page. I'm gonna mention this. Um when I played sports in Los Angeles originally, uh, we had some of the best athletes. In fact, some of these athletes went on and to become all pros on other teams. But the culture was so contaminated because there's so many other distractions in Los Angeles. You know, these guys are acting, you know, they got like movie deals on the side, business side, and all that energy pulled everybody into different areas. And so there wasn't people were not were not congruent and so so as a leader you have to make sure that everyone's on the same page the same mindset speaking the same language or at least moving in the same direction and so you move from having um, 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 energy to something much more uh, powerful which is synergy you see Mm good good teams work together great teams work as one and as a leader you have to always fight to maintain that and be willing, be willing to uh, seek out and identify individuals that's trying to break that down. Like mm-hmm. gossip, and gossip and dissension, uh, division, uh, division often turns into division uh, and to seek that person out, counsel, correct, or eliminate uh, immediately. Okay. Unification. <laughs>
1: A congruency to synergy. I think that's. I think that's really says it all. And just the the biggest thing from as an from an individual point of view that you would say that um, I as an individual can take away from ath- athletics.
2: Yeah, is um, I use the phrase "get back on the bike." <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> okay. Yeah,
2: I'm serious. It's yeah. it's, it's it's everyone. Um, or 90% of the people listening to me know how to ride a bicycle. And if you think back, you learn how to ride a bicycle by falling off the bike. Once the training wheels came off, you were pushed and you fell. You were pushed mm-hmm. and you fell. And you cried and you scraped your knee, but you got back on the bike. Yeah. Persistence mm-hmm through resistance, persistence through resistance.
1: Fantastic. So that, uh, with that, we're getting towards the end of our show. Get back on the bike from Sean Harper. And it's been such a pleasure. Sean is a former NFL player who has been drafted by the Los Angeles Rams. He played for the Houston Oilers, Indianapolis Colts, and an NFL in Europe. And he's given us an inspiring show today with advice for all our listeners as leaders and congruency. I'm taking that away, and I'm taking away Get Back on That Bike, along with a lot of other things. Now, please reach out to Sean. Sean is the author of The Winning Edge, available on Amazon. Inspiring book. I encourage you to get it. I read it. It's it's really fantastic. And you can also reach out to him on his website, seanhopper.org. Or on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube under Themify, T H E M I F Y, under the three channels. And Sean, once again, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today.
2: Thank you so much. Could I just say something for like six sure. seconds? Sure. I need your community's help okay um i don't know what's going on with the instagram algorithms but they're always chopping down my numbers now it's funny if i was like like half naked on there i'd probably get like (laughs) five or maybe not
1: okay
2: okay (laughs) give some actual motivation so it's like sean harper speaking on instagram if you could just like that for me that would be huge
1: no problem. Sean Hopper on Instagram. We will like that. And uh, Once again, thank you so much. And yeah. for our listeners, who have been listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. It's a program sponsored by Global Business Therapy, SRO, and also CINDA, the Digital Marketing and Local Search Association of Europe. CINDA holds conferences, and the next conference from CINDA is in Lisbon on October 13th to 16th. That's next week. Um, yeah. There's still tickets available on WW Dot events And Leadership Beyond Borders, we provide leadership training with a focus on digital transitions and the Women's Leadership Academy 2020, which specializes in diversity and C-level development for women. Please listen to us each week here on Voice America's Business. Tune in to us on Tuesdays, 3 p.m. specific time. And also like us on Facebook and Leadership Beyond Borders on LinkedIn. And you can also download previous series on iTunes, Google Pay, and Stitcher. And with that, I thank everybody for listening this week. And please tune in again next week. Kimberly Lewis signing out. Until next week.
0: Bye.